black are gold pants, 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 black Podcast 77, congratulations. It's a big one. Two numbers that are the same. Yeah. I can't come up with a song that has 77 in it to throw in here. <laughs> if you got the 99, it would you got a lot of options. <laughs> yes. 77, not as cool. Not as cool, no. There weren't a whole lot of tonight we're going to party like it's 1977. Yeah, like 77 Luff Balloons. No. <laughs> Uh, Herman Cain, seven 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 plan. <laughs> no politics, no politics. <laughs> oh, all right, here we go. <clears throat> Blackheart Gold Podcast, episode seventy seven. A rare two podcast week. Uh, Pat Vint here, Sans Jacoby, um, because <laughs> as it seems to happen every time that we have our guest on, Jacoby is unavailable. Um, joined by. Uh, Justin Van Leer, a.k.a. Storm and Spank of uh, Hawkeye Nation. Justin, what's going on? Hey, how's it going? Yeah, I'm contractually obligated not to have Jacoby on the podcast when I'm here. <laughs> we have to keep you two in separate rooms, apparently. <laughs> it's a blood feud. Exactly. Uh, so, um, Justin's here to discuss, um, among other things, uh, Iowa basketball, because this, this is actually the first basketball-related podcast we've done this year. We just kind of got sidetracked, but um, kind of a season wrap-up a little bit before the uh, um, the Big Ten tournament and a, maybe a brief discussion of the tournament itself. Uh, kind of a weird year for Iowa. You know, started underwhelming and uh, turned it on during the, uh, the season with no... Uh, Small bit of help from Matt Gatons. Um, what, in kind of broad strokes, what's your takeaway from from the regular season? You know, I think it went basically how a lot of people thought it would go. You know, they beat the teams they should and lost the teams they shouldn't, and vice versa. A very inconsistent year, to so to speak. It's how people really thought it would be, and uh, I. I picked Iowa to get eight wins in the Big Ten. That's what they did. Um, I expected more in the non-conference, but you know, I don't think too many people saw that Campbell loss. You know, yeah. maybe the maybe the Clemson, but that Campbell loss, especially losing by double digits, was ridiculous. So, I mean, overall, you know, you get those top 25 wins. They had four of them. That's big. You know, three of them at home. Winning up in the Kohl Center was unheard of. Yeah. So, yeah, overall, I think you can see there's progress happening at, you know, down in Iowa City. So a lot of things going down on there that fans can get excited about. Um, who was the biggest surprise for you on this team? You know, I think I think Cartwright and May were the biggest surprise for me in the wrong way, I guess. It wasn't Bryce's fault. I mean, he was hurt the entire season and the same for Eric the both of them had nagging injuries the entire year so going in I really expected those two to come out and at least put up a lot of minutes and you know neither of them put up as much time as I thought they would um, 
in the off season coming in, people had a lot to say about Aaron White. Some people said he would, you know, put in 10, 12 minutes and be a, you know, one of the better freshmen. I don't think anybody expected the level that he brought on. So that was uh, pretty impressive to see that. He's got a lot of potential. Uh, I think that's pretty obvious. Anybody that's watched the game this year. Yeah. Uh, what Was it injuries with May? I mean, what? Yeah, he's still got that back injury. It's been the entire year. Just cannot get healthy. And, you know, he's gotten himself, as Fran would say, sideways quite a bit. Last year he got injured, and then he sort of lost a little bit of his confidence, never got back on track, and then got hurt this year, and he just hasn't been the same. So, I don't know, hopefully he can come out next year and, and, and prove uh, something. But, yeah, right now I was that was the, one of the guys I thought would come out and at least you know, bring a little bit more. But, again, it comes down to the uh, injuries. So Yeah. Um, May seems like a guy who, if healthy, would fit the system well. I mean, he's, a, he's as athletic as anybody else on the team and just has never really seemed to to fit in since McCaffrey got here. And and I know he's been he's been dinged up essentially the entire time, but it is, you know, somewhat surprising. Yeah, he's not a guy that's going to come in and, you know, beat you off the dribble or hit a bunch of jump shots. He's the guy that's going to grab all the rebounds and high-flying dunks and energy plays, so to speak. And he just can't do that when he's injured. It's... Some people can gut it out and, and do the little things when they're injured, but the, the plays that he's supposed to make can't happen when he's injured, and I think that's really held him back. Yeah. Um, what do you see as, as um, or what Iowa's chances are against Illinois uh, Thursday morning? You know, I, I, my, my initial inclination is they really had trouble with Illinois' size last time, and there's nothing different now. Other than they're no longer, you know, playing them in Champaign, which is always a house of horrors for Iowa. Yeah, I think you could make the almost excuse that Iowa never plays well down at Assembly Hall, but it's not like the crush was out and the Assembly Hall was rocking or anything. It was yeah. beginning of the game. Iowa came out, hit some shots, and that crowd was dead. So at no point in time was it something that the venue had a huge impact on the game. However, you know. Yeah, Myers Leonard was really good in that game, and it, the second half they did a little bit of better against him. But the rebounding and just going and pounding him, Iowa had, you know, no answer for that. McCabe gives up too much inside as far as size goes, and you know, unless you want to bring in Olashaney or or Brommer, you're going to be troubled down low with him. You have to hope he can miss some shots, and then you've got your three and four guys cleaning up the glass, which is something that Iowa did awfully last time out against Northwestern. I mean, they just yes. killed him on the offensive board. So. What was your takeaway from that game? I mean, obviously Iowa started hot and then really struggled with the zone late in the first half. Um, yeah, I prefer to not talk about it. I get mad about <laughs> Northwestern. <laughs> no, I don't, it's one of those things where, you know, Northwestern's not a team that typically turns you over, and there was Iowa in the first half getting 10-plus turnovers to them. And it just, you know, the 1-3-1 is effective when, you know, you get a little flustered and you let, you know, you're not quick enough with your passes. You're not seeing open men, and that's exactly what happened to Iowa. They were making stupid mistakes, dribbling where they shouldn't, and passing the ball and cross-court passes, and that gets yeah. beat every time against that 1-3-1. And I don't know. One of the things, it's, it's so hard to prepare for, so, right, 
you come in and you have your scout team run that 1-3-1 one, one in practice, and they're not going to do it as well as Northwestern can with their starters. They're too long. Um, I don't know. It's one of those deals, and that's what was the bottom line, was that that zone really forced so many turnovers, and Iowa worked too hard against it. Um, what do you... What are you seeing for the postseason? First, let's just begin with uh, how many games does Iowa have to win to, to start looking seriously at the NIT? Is it a win over Illinois enough? You know, it's weird because the NIT is so hard to predict. You have so much things going on. It's so fluid. you got, you know, first of all, the NCAA bracket has to come out and see who makes those at-large bids, but then also you have to worry about all of those mid-majors that won their regular season and didn't win their tourney yeah. Uh, conference uh, championships, so you know I don't know. It's so hard to say, but I think right now where they're sitting, I've noticed on a couple of the sites they have you know Minnesota and Illinois <laughs> my, on ahead of that Iowa. That was my next question for you. I know what drives you crazy. How the hell does Minnesota get in ahead of Iowa? <laughs> well, it's ridiculous. Iowa swept Minnesota. Iowa has a better last ten. You know they've beaten way more better opponents. Their quality of opponent, wins are much better than Minnesota's. Minnesota's best win was basically I don't remember who it was. It was nothing. I mean they didn't play that strong of an off, a non-conference either. So right. you know Iowa finishes ahead of them in the Big Ten standings, same as Illinois. I mean Illinois has a you know a little better. Resume than, than Minnesota. They have at least some big wins in the Big Ten uh, slate, and they, they had such a such a collapse there in the, in the end. There, it's it's tough. So I don't know. All three of those teams, I think, are legitimate NIT contenders at this point. But it's tough because I really want to see Northwestern not get into the NCAA tournament. So I'm kind of rooting for Minnesota. <laughs> I don't want Minnesota to take a spot from Iowa so we can see them, you know, finally get into some significant or more well, than significant of the CBI. Think of it this way. If Northwestern loses that game, they're probably in the NIT anyway. So one way or another, someone's getting a spot based on that one. Um, I, I guess the, the, the bigger question is, is, is the NIT good for Iowa? I know, um, you know, Mike Kloss wrote a column earlier this week saying, that, you know, really the CBI might be a better fit for Iowa because it gives you a chance to play three or four games, maybe even uh, make a run deep into the tournament like Oregon and Creighton did last year, and obviously it worked for the two of them. Well, I think the NIT field itself isn't going to be that great. I mean, this is an NCAA tournament with one of the softest bubbles that I can recall in the longest time. There's going to be four or five teams that get in at the end in the large biz that have no business, you know, playing in the NCAA tournament. So with that said, that's going to be a down NIT tournament. I think I will be fine in that. I think they could probably get to the garden in the field that, whoa, presumably could get into it. We're making news here. <laughs> Justin Van Lair, Iowa makes the garden. <laughs> if they make it, though, that's a big, that's the next step first. So. Uh, a miracle run as an eight seed in the NIT. Right. I mean, you're going to have somebody, you know, Drexel, depending if they get in or not, that's going to be a tough. There'll be a one seed in the NIT if they don't make the bid. I mean, you got other teams like, you know, Colorado and, you know, Dayton probably. 
Louis, you know, LSU, I don't know, some of those guys. There's not, nothing that's extremely outstanding of any of those teams, any, any um, substance to their resumes. Hell, you and I probably makes the NIT, and they did embarrass Iowa down at, up in Cedar Falls, but, uh, there was you know how that game was. Yeah, exactly. Game. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Speaking it's a tough, of- it's anybody looking on the outside on that game would say, you know, you and I blew them out, but, Watching that game, it was a completely different story. Right. Um, how do you think the the Big Ten tournament's going to play out? Who do you have in winning the thing? Yeah, it's, <laughs> I like Michigan. You know, at that two spot there, they're going to get either you know Minnesota or Northwestern. I think both of those teams are easily beatable by by Michigan. And then on the bottom of half there, you know, you've got Ohio State coming up, who has not finished the season too well. So I like Michigan getting to that championship game. <clears throat> then I think uh, it's going to be either you know Michigan State or Indiana coming from that top side. So you know I, I, if I have to pick, I'm taking Michigan. I think they're playing the best at the end of the season here, and uh, I like them. I know most people will just go out and say the Spartans are the favorite and they're going to win it all, but I don't. Know, I like Michigan. Um, now. Yeah, also goes to speak. I think Beeline got hosed for that uh, coach of the year in the Big yeah. yeah, I don't know how the hell you end up with Izzo, other than the people voting just really like Tom Izzo. <laughs> you got a guy that's got one, you know, top 100 recruit, and he's playing with, you know, not a ton of talent. I mean, there's obviously talent. Trey Burke is talented. You know, Novak and Douglas, those guys are talented, but they're nowhere near, you know, an Appling or a Green or anybody on that team. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. I was just shocked. that. Speaking of hoes, <laughs> uh, Matt Gaines. What the hell happened there? <laughs> yeah, I don't understand that at all. Like, I can understand you don't put him the first team. I have no quarrels with that. But for the coaches not to put him on that second team was just a slap in the face. Could not believe that at all. Yeah. Uh, Ridiculous. It certainly hurts your case when when uh, they take four forwards in the top five on the first team. But that's the way Well, yeah, and then you look at the, the defensive team, too, and that was <laughs> – I've got – you know, no quarrels with most players, but Josh Gosser, I don't know how he's sitting there on that defensive team. Gaten's lit him up for 30 inside Iowa City. Yeah. <laughs> you watched it firsthand, and, okay, he plays good defense. Is he a top five in the Big Ten? I don't think so. It's a pretty damn good defensive conference. I have a hard time believing that. Um, well, we got you here. Let's let's talk a little football. Uh, obviously a big off season. Um A lot of kind of shuffling of, of chairs early on and then the big Greg Davis move. Um, what What's your feeling on, on the, the coaching changes? No, I, I, contrary to a lot of people that are out there, I, I think, well, before I get to Greg Davis, talk about maybe the other the hires with the defensive coordinator. Yeah. and I think it was great. I'd love the moves throughout and throughout. Parker's going to do exactly what Iowa – defense has done for so long and it's been productive you know okay it's not flashy but it you know ben don't break that whole style it's worked out fine as long as the offense can put some numbers on the board i was going to win ball games right that's the bottom line so that'll still continue bringing ference in that's a you know i like the move too he was productive with new england i think he had a lot of things going on there he could have stayed in the nfl and, and moved up there but coming back and you know, helping his dad out or whatnot. I think he moves up in the ranks as the years go by. So it's, I think, kind of on the job. 
training he's going to get here to move up in the organization. Greg Davis, you know, I don't know a lot about him. I just know what I hear from Texas fans and from what I've seen before he, <laughs> I guess, quote-unquote, retired. But I don't know. From what I listen to him talk, he seems like he, you know, he wants to bring some changes to the offense, so we'll see. I don't know. You hear a lot of things, but until you can actually see it on, on paper or watch the games, it's a completely different story. Yeah, I get nervous when the guy says, we're going to take my offense and Kirk's offense and try to make them into something that will be Iowa offense. That that makes me a little bit queasy. Yeah, and again, I I know you have to figure out where your assistants move and stuff, but I don't necessarily like having the quarterback coach and the offensive coordinator in the same job is my opinion i think you need to split that up but then again where do you take it from do you have to you know move the tight ends and the wide receivers together or what do you do yeah i don't know well uh um yeah it's interesting i i I wouldn't have thought it going into february but once you saw it on paper it made all the sense in the world and then you hear the story of how how they contacted each other and you and it's it's total fairness um, <laughs> first, now, now let me ask you this because this is the, the most fascinating part of yesterday's uh, press conference with Davis. Uh, he said that he shot Kirk a text. There's no <laughs> way Kirk Ferentz got that text message. <laughs> he meant Brian. He didn't ah, mean Kirk. People yeah. are misunderstanding there, right? right and then, right. And, and then Brian wrote a letter. And then mailed it to Kirk, and then Kirk opened it up. Exactly, and then Pony Express brought it to him, and he opened it up and read it. That's where the communication happened. And then Kirk hopped on his telegraph and went. (laughs) Uh, But uh, yeah, I I I get nervous about them saying that they're going to try to meld these two offenses together. I also get nervous when a coach says, "We're going to change some things up, but we're not going to go to four wide or five wide." We're gonna change it up, but no, no, not really. <laughs> and then you got, you know, he's gonna be coaching from the press box, so that'll be an interesting take too. Especially when you've got, again, him as your quarterback coach. Okay, what happens when James comes to the sideline and he needs some right. advice? Just has to get on the phone on and the talk phone. to him, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, I guess, but I don't know. Check I like on those picture pages. We'll make it a little bit like the NFL. <laughs> Exactly. Um, I don't know. It'll be a different. That'll be one of the big changes is having your guy up in the booth. But you know, obviously, you can see so much better from up there, and you can, you know, see the, what the defense is giving you. So I can understand that element. But I'm, I'm surprised it took that, that Ken stayed on the sideline as much as he did because I I think Davis's explanation made sense. That he's like it's almost like a video game. You know, you you can see everything moving, and you don't you're not in the middle of the chaos of the sideline, you're, you're kind of removed from it all where you can kind of, you know, see the trends developing a little bit better. Um, I'm encouraged by that move, and I'm encouraged that Kirk let him. I think Kirk's preference has always been to have everybody on the sideline. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so maybe he's letting off the reins just a little bit. Just a yeah. little bit. <laughs> um, before we let you go, uh, uh, what have you been drinking? Uh, tonight I've had some Three Floyds, so I'm trying their pride and joy. It's their mild. Nice. First time having that bad boy. So I love Three Floyds. They do a great job. I just wish I could get it up here. I have to drive to get it. So one of those deals. Yeah. Where they have it, Wisconsin? Yeah. 
Yep, Wisconsin. And then, of course, Illinois, Chicago area, if you can get around right. there. But, but I, have to, I, I don't get there very often. I have to stick with uh, whatever random crap the liquor store down the street finds. Um, I yeah, The other day, they, they totally saw me coming. I've been buying St. Benderas ben lately. Oh, yeah? Um, and it's ridiculously expensive, and I shouldn't be spending as much money as I do on beer. But um, they brought in a new version of it, and they're like, hey, you didn't put this on the shelf yet. You want it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Woo! And it's like $19 for a four-pack. Yeah! Right. Yeah. Yeah. Been there before. Yeah, for sure. When they know you by name when you walk in, <laughs> it's a good thing and it's a bad thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, well, uh, uh, thanks for being on the show. And uh, uh, we'll remind everybody, if they don't already, to uh, catch you on um, Hawkeye Nation. And uh, are you still logging into your own address, too? It's very random. I just mostly just put stuff up on John's site, so. Okay. Um, well, uh, Justin Van Lair, Hawkeye Nation. Thanks, bud. Thanks for having me.